The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. It's Neckbeard November. And I'm Tim Chelswick. <laughs> I'm Matt Drury. I guess he's <laughs> referencing this. Yeah. After the Tony Stark beard, I you know I had to let everything yeah. grow out to fill in. And I just, I don't know. It's getting cold. I haven't shaved the neck yet. And it's no shave November, not neck beard November. Really? Yeah. You've never heard that? No is shave that, November? That, no, I have. I just wondered like who uh, who has like purview over that? Is that me. Hallmark? That, <laughs> that's the president of no shave November. It's no shave every month for you. Yeah. Well, I trim. Do you? Yeah. I guess like lengthwise, yeah. but your beard kind of comes in where it comes in. You just kind of let it roll, huh? No. Uh-huh. I, I, I shape, I shift, okay. I trim. That's, yeah, I, I feel like if I didn't shape my beard as much, it would be a lot less maintenance. There you go. We lost the entire crowd within the We've first We've lost all the female minutes. listeners that, that we never we had. We never had any, so we've <laughs> lost everyone now. <laughs> the guys that can't grow a beard are pissed at us and they've just tuned <laughs> out. Let's talk deer let's, hunting news. All right. So let's start with you. Okay. <laughs> It'll be short and sweet. <laughs> so it's nice though because we just we just were in the the buck parade phase and yeah. it absolutely was hunting around the St. Louis uh, Missouri area yeah. and saw a lot of a lot of bucks um, and uh, started getting some better bucks on camera and actually came to full draw on on a really nice buck. You know, he was Jim Richmond from uh, from Deercast, who's a contributor for Deercast, came out to film for me and. Um, and we, we set up on the, I guess, the western side of a bedding area. And boy, you know, whenever I have someone come film for me, I always feel like a host. Like I have to, like I feel extra pressure. Do you need any, uh, anything to drink, I have, I have Jim? snacks. I have drinks. I have hostess cupcakes. Can I help you get a- No, if it were you, I'd be like, I have persimmons. <laughs> I, I found this on the forest floor on our way to the stand. No thanks. Would you like to eat some? The cliff bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's got to be at least an interesting sit because because usually these oh, yeah. people are giving up their oh, hunting yeah. time they're traveling and so um so we set up on the outside of this bedding area and we weren't in the, the stand for more than i don't know a half hour and he's like there's an eight pointer down the hill from us moving through some really thick i guess it was honeysuckle and so we were watching and it just, not not necessarily a shooter but it was fun to finally see a buck and it was the first time he'd ever filmed um and, uh, and so watching him, I had some does pop out and then had a couple deer that were back in the thick stuff. We couldn't quite make out what they were, but we could see they were bucks and they, they weren't bad. And, uh, and you know, that switch that gets flipped when you go from being a, an observer to deciding I'm going to shoot that deer. Oh yeah. And, uh, and that happened when this buck finally, you know, they, they just happens quickly. The mature, it does. And the mature bucks, they just know when last light is coming. And they move and they usually aren't screwing around unless they're in a feeding pattern. But right now they are not in that pattern. Nope. Like you got a chance. It's a small one. It's going to happen quick. You better be on your toes. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. Cause this buck hung out in the thick stuff yeah. until it was starting to get last light still, you know, within legal shooting light, he steps out. And when he steps out, my heart just dropped like, 
oh boy, that is an absolute shooter. The problem was Jim is in a tree that's 10, 10 feet away from me. Tough Completely different angle on, on the tree and a completely different angle on the buck. Yeah. And I can tell he's got a big oak tree between him and the buck. I come to full draw because I, you know, I know like I'm not going to get a second chance of this deer and I can see him. He's just, he's struggling to find an angle on it. Just can't get it. So yeah. we let him walk. And as he walked, he just got bigger and bigger. They always do. Uh, but it was, it was exciting. It was, I was happy because he got to see a really good mm-hmm. deer. He was, he was nervous about come back again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like Tim's not going to waste my time. Like yeah. we actually could get on, on a nice deer. Yeah. It's just, it, it never ceases to amaze me how quickly things can go from zero to a hundred miles an hour and it's game on and yeah. this might happen. Yeah. Didn't happen, but, uh, but we're going to, we're going to stay on them. It's what makes you continue to come back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes you an optimist yes. because you know how quickly things You've can You've said change. it before on the podcast, but hunters are the absolute most- Eternal opti- optimists. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, anytime, anytime, anytime. <laughs> All right. It's not happening. Sometimes, anytime, yeah. Sometimes. sometimes to our own detriments. Like your yeah. wife is thinking you're bringing home magic beans because- Yeah. Yeah. I, a, a funny story. Like, so this has been a few years back, but- you know, that lease that I hunt on, Adam Wainwright used to always hunt on it with me. Yeah. And he hunted there before I did. So it was his lease first. And <clears throat> he uh, he and Aaron Bennett used to hunt there all the time. Adam plays baseball, correct? Yeah. He's a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. Professional baseball. So he was hunting it quite a bit. I say quite a bit, but, you know, once the season kind of ended, he he would have a couple weeks and then he'd come back during the rut, maybe a week and then sure. the late season. And his wife would always make fun of him. Like he'd be like tonight, tonight, because he's an optimist. He's he's the nicest guy. Yeah. And so he he's, he's set, he started telling me, he's like, man, Jenny's really starting to give me a hard time. <laughs> Tonight's the night again, huh? Yeah. About, about coming up here and continuing to hunt. And, uh, and then a few years back, he killed a 183 or 184 on, on the farm. And, and he's like, see, see? see I told you <laughs> he's never killed anything since <laughs> he, you know, it took years to kill that one, but it's, it's, you know, that's what keeps you coming back. It could happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For better. I mean, it's gamblers say the same thing. People that have addictions say the same thing. My dad used to say, even the sun shines on a dog's butt every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. I don't know. I've heard that one. I've heard a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes lightning strikes whether uh, whether you intended it to or not, and 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 so sometimes, yeah, you get like a really strong reinforcement to yeah. keep it up. Well, I got my uh, little dose of enforcement here last week as well after a long fought fall. It's not the deer that I've had seven encounters with, but it was it was so I had maybe three deer three, four deer uh-huh. that, that between summer, you know, velvet photos. And now that I felt like, okay, I would shoot any one of these deer if they, you'd have to, right. Sure. Like if any one of these deer, give me an opportunity, you got to shoot them. And, um, and so probably the fourth one on the, out of four is the one that walked in front of me. But I, you know, I had made up my mind. It was funny because when we sat, I believe it was the first hunt of the year this year. So late September, I had a real big mishap and I went out to, to adjust those Onyx. I was hunting in a muddy uh, bull blind. So everything was closed up. It was like nothing was moving. I was like, all right, here's my chance. I need to turn my uh, ozone on. Sure. And so I opened the little window to like put my hand out there and turn the ozone on. And I see this buck standing there. I'm like, crap. Watching you. You know, it was like 3.30 or 4, you know, whatever, super yeah. early. You were just he was it. obviously bedded right there off the food plot, which is 
one of the things that Mark and Terry always talk about in phase one, but whatever, <laughs> what failed to listen. <laughs> and so anyhow, it was this deer. We call him split. He has some cool character. I don't know if he's four and a half or five and a half. He's, he's definitely at least four and a half years old. Okay. He's got these split brows. I have not known him from last year, at least not that I can recall. Uh-huh. And uh, he's got really neat kind of main beams mm-hmm. that sweep up kind of like a bulldozer, just a neat looking deer. Sure. And so Scott had actually gotten velvet foot up footage of him on the farm this year i we had seen him that first night didn't get footage of him but saw him and spooked him <laughs> that first hunt you know so he he was a homeboy basically yeah and uh the spot that we were sitting the south timber set uh we had just gotten pictures of him there on november the 4th and november the 5th you know like 30 yards from where we were hunting. So I knew he could show up, but sure. we had also just gotten to us two's pictures there on November the 1st. So I thought he could show up and we had, uh, it was, you know, it was that buck parade and it was the fifth through the ninth. Historically, you always hear no matter what the moon or, or weather you always hear fifth through the ninth, you know, in the Midwest, sure. it's yeah. just a great time to be out there. And so I had kind of scheduled, I couldn't hunt on like, the first, the second, the third, the fourth, there's like, you know, my daughter's birthday's in there. We had a, uh, one of our guys, Jake got married mm-hmm. during that period. I just couldn't go hunting during, I think it was the second, third and fourth. So I had it pretty much planned out. All right. From the fifth through the, hit the morning of the ninth to the evening of the afternoon of the fifth to the morning of the ninth, that's we're staying up there morning and night. We're going to hunt our yeah. butts off. And the very first night, I mean, it was crazy. It was Buck Parade Central. I mean, we saw every deer minus maybe two us two, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe minus one or two, but we saw every buck and one beautiful, I believe a five and a half year old nine point within 20 yards of the blind. I mean, he's pushing does, he's doing his thing. Then all these bucks kind of go out into the speed field, you know, a couple hundred yards away and they're all kind of posturing and, you know, you can, it's cool time to it, be it's out. cool. It's yeah. awesome, man. It's really like, Hey, this, we're going to have, a, we do it. we're going to have a hell of a week, <laughs> you know, like, Ooh, go us. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was pretty slow the next morning we sat till noon got out chuck cameras you know got back in yeah. slow after uh, evening uh it was okay you know we saw a four-year-old i think i mean we were seeing deer most of the deer we saw were bucks mm-hmm. but also most of the deer we saw were young bucks it was yeah. like two and a half three and a half yeah. you know that yeah, type of stuff here. and <clears throat> i i could have swore i was like man i swear my mature deer are already locked and I've heard a couple other people had that same experience, but dad's like, I don't think so. I think, you know, they're just fixing to break loose. And you know, I saw uh, Jay Gregory mentioned he felt like they were locked. I saw him uh, put a post up on social media and, you know, I've heard a few other people say that. And I just felt like my deer were locked. I just hadn't seen them. We were yeah. there. We were in the right spots. They weren't walking. So we hunted Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, we're, we're hunting pretty hard here. And just not having the results we wanted. But Friday morning, I just had a feeling Thursday was cold as <laughs> H-E-double-L. Yeah. It was cold. It was brutal. And so, and pretty high winds all, all day. So mm-hmm. they moved okay, you know, relatively speaking, but I felt like, okay, that next day it was cold, but there were like very little winds. And you guys were in a stand. Yeah, we were hunting time, stand. Which yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. You're in the elements. So- you know, I had my nomad on. I was wearing that cottonwood suit that they got. Yeah, that yeah. thing is pretty dang warm, but my feet were getting a little, I had, I think eight, 800 gram 
you uh-huh. know, lacrosse That's, on. I, I should have brought my thicker pair of boots. So the only thing that really was getting so your circulation's not as Yeah. Good. The only thing that was really getting cold on me were my feet. So okay. I felt I felt, you know, good sitting there the whole time. And so Friday, I thought, okay, it's gonna be a good morning. It started off great. They just they were moving, but again, younger bucks and you know, kind of pushing chasing does and we, you know, so I'm, we're sitting there and it's like a, almost 11 o'clock. And I, I found myself thinking like, should we get down, maybe move to a mid morning spot, you know, cause uh-huh. I, I know they're going to move midday. This is the time of year where they're going to start moving midday. And I, I just can't, can't fathom why we're not seeing a midday yet. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple things going through my mind. One, I didn't want to get crap on the show again for getting out of my stand too early. <laughs> right, right. You know, like they all gave me last year. Even though you killed gnarly, gnarly yeah. yeah. Still yeah. got crap fart. So I thought, okay, it's only 11. Let's let at least wait till noon, 1230, whatever. Deer aren't, aren't they're not looking at a clock. Sure. You know? So we're sitting there. We hadn't seen anything for a little bit. And then in the one, you know, we were in pretty thick security cover. We had went in there this uh, summer, late summer and cleared it out because I have pictures of 2S2 from last year okay. and a couple other shooters right next to our stand. And it's so thick in there. It's hard to get when you have, when you have um, encounters, it's just really hard to get a good shot and, sure. and it's really hard to film. So we cleared it out really well this summer and hadn't been back since Scott tipped in there one day, you know, a month ago to put a camera on a scrape mm-hmm. and we haven't been back to check it. I've stayed out. Well, Hey, here's the phase crash in your best spot. Yeah, right. So we crashed in, we're in the right spot. We got a good win. And I'm going to sit it out. So out of nowhere, here he comes like, buck, buck, buck. And I could tell who it was. And like I said, that Intel, what what time was that? It was 11, almost dead, even 11 o'clock. And he was on a mission. He popped out the way, the way that our shooting lanes were, there's not much, you don't see him until they're on top of you basically. So we saw him, he came out at 45 yards in this opening, but he's walking straight towards stuff to get ready. And you know, we had a total of, six cameras in the tree when you Jeez. count all the tact cams yeah. and the verbs and the main camera. And so Scott's turning on his cameras. I'm turning on my cameras, not really knowing, you know, but you're also looking at the deer to make sure you don't spook them. Mm-hmm. There's zero wind. So you can't make Sucks. any noise. Yeah. He's it's, I mean, it's tough. you know how it goes. You, you just, my stand was kind of creaking. It was a little bit of an older stand. So I knew I couldn't shift from being there the last two months. Yeah. I knew I couldn't shift my weight. You know, you're just, you're trying to get ready. Well, of course he's on a freaking mission, man. He mm-hmm. was, he was looking for a doe, no doubt about it. And so he's the only deer. So we had no heads up, you know, yeah. he pops out and he's walking straight to us and he's, he's behind some trees and stuff. So he gives us a chance to get all the stuff on. And he comes to my last opening, my last shooting lane, mm-hmm. and I stop him. But I should have stopped him a second earlier, based on how quickly he was walking. Sure. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. He stops, but he roll. He stops just. I stop him just a, a touch too late, and he rolls. He stops, but he stopped in front of where his vitals were in front of some, some leaves. Foliage, yeah. yeah, foliage, uh, like some underbrush or whatever. And um, so. I had come to full draw and my limb and cam hit the bow hanger. It was one of those longer ones, yeah, yeah. you know, that you can move around and it hit my bow. Luckily it was quiet enough, but it hit it. So I see that. So I'm ducking down. I, I noticed you ducking. I, I just thought you were trying to get an angle. I didn't uh-uh. realize. That I, I felt clearance. like if I didn't duck down, I was going to, and it's idiotic on my part. Cause I knew that 
the day before, I I I always practice my draw when I yeah, get in right. there. So I knew that. And my plan all along was, all right, deer comes out. I'm going to move the hanger, get my bow off. Yeah. Well, it all happened so fast, of course. I didn't have time to do any of mm-hmm. that. So, and I forgot about it. Frankly, you know, you're just a lot going on. There's a lot going yeah. on. So draw, hit that. So I'm kind of kneeling and you always hear, you know, Pete Shepley and these guys, the, you know, the Levi's, the the guys that are really good archers talk bend about the waist. Yeah. Been at the waist. So I'm trying to bend at the waist. And I got one of those IQ sites and it does help me a lot because it shows a, there's a black dot centered inside a green dot. Yeah. And you, you know, just from shooting, every day for since July, you it's muscle memory almost to a fact that I knew my dot wasn't lining up. And so you're trying to get the angle, the and it's total bend at that point. I knew I I was doing something wrong to not get that to line up. And that that's part of your torque and Mm -hmm. everything else. So I'm trying to do all that and he's looking, you know, at me. And so what is that lump up there? Yeah. Moving so I, anyways, I, I got to where I finally lined to dial the, you know, was dialed in. Yeah. I lined it up. And when he had stopped, he, you know, I had an opening and I felt like I could tuck it close enough, but I, I, I was not going to shoot through the little bit of brush that was there. It wasn't like thick brush. It was like leaves. It was still and, leaved out though. Yeah, yeah. And I just, with, with those, uh, rage, you know, heads, you, any, you hit anything, you could deploy your head right. before you hit the deer or deflect or whatever. I wasn't going to do that. So I made the decision to aim a little back, you know, to the opening that I had. And you could kind of see it from the tact cam view from my bow, mm-hmm. what that opening was. And, and I just ended up hitting him a little, you know, an inch is a mile. Mark always says, and I, it was maybe two inches too far back or three inches too far back from the the hole I had, the opening I had. Sure. So hit him poorly. Uh, it was, you know, instantly I, you know, I, I knew where, where it was, but the thing that was weird was when he ran off, I saw a lot of my arrow and I was like, what the heck? You know, I got, yeah. I, I didn't seem to get much penetration there. So we roll the footage back instantly. I'm thinking about deer cast track and all right, I don't, you know, I don't know. I've always had the luxury of hunting in camp with dad. Mm. Not that I was hunting with dad. Sure. He was always in camp yeah, available. and you use that experience right, wrong or indifferent, you know, to call me spoiled or whatever. I don't care. Okay. I've had that ability to bounce off of him, that expert knowledge of, Hey, well, what should I do, dad? You know, I didn't have him with me. This yeah. is the first year, first buck I've killed on this lease or shot at on this lease. And I thought, okay, I, I need to understand what I did here and and how to go about the next, you know, the next part of this is critical in recovering this animal. Cause that shot didn't make sense to me when I saw it because you hit in a pretty soft area yeah. of the deer, but you see all this arrow yeah, as instantly. the deer runs away. Yeah. So we roll the footage back. I'm, I'm rolling it back two things, you know, obviously see exactly where the hit was and, and, to then go to deer cast track. And that's the luxury of filming your stuff is to say, okay, all right, where did no I doubt. hit him? Exactly. <clears throat> sure. Well, I had exactly where I hit him and I, you know, went to deer cast track. I pinpointed there on the deer and pulled up the videos. And I found one where deer, cause this, my deer was slightly quartering to, uh-huh. I found one on there that was slightly quartering to, and, and, Right away, it said, hey, 24 hours, it's an intestine shot. You, time is your friend here. You have to give the animal time to expire. Sure. It's a, obviously a horrible shot, and it's not the way you want to have it all go down, but it is what it is. Now right. I got to make sure and do right by the deer and, and 
do everything the way I should. So it turns out when he, and this is what we kind of felt like happened, but we, when we looked at the footage at point of impact, it, the arrows buried to the fletching. Mm -hmm. He bounds out of there instantly, obviously. And when he does the arrows all the way out almost. So what ended up happening that angle and that fact that he was lightly quartering to actually helped me as tracker John said, because the arrow went down and it hit his, his offside hind quarter okay. and it hit that bone. Mm -hmm. And when he lunged out of there, it, that bone, it just pushed immediately back out, but it was still sticking in him. You know, the broadhead was deployed mm -hmm. and that rage, I'm shooting a two, three chisel tip and it must've got caught in his intestines or, you know, it was caught in some matter in there. Sure. And he ripped out, out of there, out, you know, obviously. And <clears throat> it's thick through there. It's mm -hmm. super thick in this timber. And so we gave him time. I looked at deer cast track and figured out what to do. And then, you know, the, the one luxury I do have is I texted Mark, I texted dad. I said, okay, here's what's going on. I sent him some waypoints of from on X of where my stand was, mm -hmm. where the deer ran to, what the block of timber looked like. Cause it's a, it's a relatively small block of timber. Yeah. Uh, and I was surrounded very, by ag, right? Surrounded by ag. And I was very fortunate that he ran basically back into the property. You mm. know what I mean? Like I, sure. I didn't, I felt like if I didn't push him, he wasn't going to go off the property. And that was, that was huge. Obviously mm -hmm. it, you get into a whole different set of circumstances, knocking on doors and asking permission and yeah, it's whether you get permission, it's a mess. So we, uh, we decided to, we, you know, uh, exhausted all efforts. We gave him some time. We looked, we weren't having any luck, no blood. We decided to call tracker, John tracker, John. Uh, we hired him to come over mm -hmm. and we had zero blood. The only thing that was there at the hit was hair. And so the arrow was not there. No, no, he was, okay. the arrow was still in the deer. And so I thought, well, it should be here 20 yards, 30 yards. We're going to find it here. We never found it. And so, Tracker John and his dog Janie, they do their thing. There, you know, we called the game warden. We did, you know, all that good stuff. And Tracker John, Janie, they did their thing. And it took a long time for Janie to get on a trail. She'd go back and forth, back and forth, uh -huh. back and forth. And after the fact, Tracker John said that he felt he was very nervous. He's like, man, this took longer than I thought it would. Because with that type of shot, you basically gut, you know, guts, intestines. You, there's a usually a, a smell that, you know, comes with it. Well, right. it was so cold. It's a double-edged sword. Good that it was so cold. Meat didn't spoil bad. Mm -hmm. It was so cold. It takes longer with that type of shot for a deer to expire. Sure. I think, was it sep sep sepsis sets in, sets in yeah. at, at a faster rate when it's warmer. Out. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, double-edged sword, but there wasn't as a strong smell per se. Plus it just so happens the way the wind direction was going that day when we track, when we went back into track, it was blowing towards the deer where the deer had ran. So okay. I think if we would have maybe went downwind on the other side and it, you know, it's not the way you track, but you would have sure. potentially smelled them and, and found them a little easier. Well, so, and those, those gut shot deer too. I mean, they, they, sometimes the, the intestines will plug up the the wounds and you won't get much of any kind of fluid from the we trail. We had no, no, we had nothing. Yeah. So go down through this thick brush, down into the creek, up out of the creek. He's coming up, up the hill. And finally, I mean, this is a matter of 
an hour. And it was pretty cool. I used that feature on OnX where it's the tracker. The, the breadcrumb kind of thing. It, the, well, it's a tr- yeah, well, it's called track sure. tracker, I think. And you hit it and it just follows your mm-hmm. exactly how long it took, how many, you know, steps you went and it, your path and all that stuff. So I, I did that. It was neat to see. He only ended up, we only ended up going 0.3 miles. Tracker John and Janie probably went three quarters of a mile because they were going back and forth, sure. back and forth. And kind of when you, with, with a bloodhound, you just, the thing that we've learned is you just kind of stay out of the way. You don't muck up the uh, yeah. scent. You don't want to get your scent all over. You just Which stay out of the I way. I imagine a lot of guys probably do, you know, they, they want to do what they can on their own, but end up probably doing more harm than good. Yeah. And so we, uh, we watched, you know, from a, we were there with them. And when, when tracker John would say, Hey, you know, we got something, you know, he would, we would come up to where he was. He's the walkie talkies and stuff. And we would come mm, to where sure. he was. And, um, so anyway, so he finally found a little uh, pool of blood that looked to be dried up, and it was probably the size of cantaloupe, you, you know, is yeah. a, a decent size pool of blood. And out of nowhere, I mean, it, we hadn't had any blood, and then all of a sudden you got this. And so it wasn't long after he found that, or Janie found that, that he said, we got him, you know, and everybody, How you know, you, were you? oh man, big time. Cause <laughs> you know, it's a, it was a poor shot. You don't want to, you know, it's, sure. a, it's been a lot of trials and tribulations to, to, to try to connect with one on the lease and then to make a crappy shot, you know, it's on me and it's like, yeah. God, you know, it's just, this could have so gone so it. much smoother. I feel bad for the deer. I just, you know, it just, sure you screw up, you know, and it happens. I understand that, but you don't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make a perfect shot every time. So anyways, we found the deer and he had, the arrow had was still there in him. Wow. And I'm telling you some of the stuff, the brush that he went through, it was thick. Like I was, we were all cut up and you know, you're ducking down and yeah, trying yeah. to get through it and all that stuff. It's amazing what these animals could do, but he almost made it out of the timber into our bean field. And he was probably 20 yards from it. He almost made it. And it's a pretty steep hill that he made it back mm-hmm. up and ultimately he expired. But what was interesting to me he couldn't have been dead for that long because he wasn't overly stiff. Okay. The blood right there at, at his body, the, the body cavity, that blood, it was relatively free. It wasn't dried up like the, he must've bedded down. Sure. And then he got up yeah. one last time and, and he expired there and it was just, you know, it was, we had waited 24 hours of track. And I think if we would have, you know, Guys were saying, hey, you should go in, at, you know, go in at midnight or whatever. We shot them at 11 a.m. You should go in at midnight. And I kept saying, I wanted to, but everyone, yeah, Bobby Culbertson, Mark, yeah. Terry, John said, your best thing you can do is stay out. Just stay out of there until you got to give them some time. And it was the right move. Uh, but you just hate to, you know, as the, you're just very anxious to try to make something happen. And, and ultimately you can do more damage. So anyways, it was, it was, it was a good feeling to get behind them and, and tracker John and Janie are invaluable, man. It's a, yeah, it's, if you've ever had the pleasure to watch a bloodhound one and, and, and a, and a guy that knows how to work a bloodhound, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable to watch in person. It really is. Just the amount of training and oh. the, the time that goes into that and the expertise. I mean, you, it, they're worth every single dollar. Yeah. You think of bloodhounds from like TV, it's like dogs barking, like never makes a peep. Never. Really? The dog never huh. makes a peep. Huh. You, all you hear is a big, like, <laughs> like that sound, like the, the 
I don't know what exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible how loud that is and what she and and when she finds something, she gets a little excited. So she starts squeaking a little bit, you know, yeah. and she's excited. But then, the, and then when she finds them, you got to give the the dog some time with the. That's kind of the prize for the dog. You oh, gotta, sure. She's you know like I did it. Lick, licking them and you know <laughs> and very excited. And you're not allowed to go up until. John, it's her, you know, it's her dear. It, it, it is. Yeah. And so then when you do go up, she starts kind of growling, and oh, not, not like, you know, and John's always like, all right, easy, easy, <laughs> you over. know, and she, he ties her up and okay. like, you gotta, you gotta, it, there's protocol. You sure. kind of gotta follow. And that's all that I find it fascinating. Um, but then, you know, when you go to take, you know, we wanted to take a photo with John and the dog and all that. And, and the, the, the dog is like, wanting to get back to she's the entry hole. Oh, no, yeah. no. They, they, she's wanting to lick and the, the blood and all that stuff. And it's, it's interesting. It's just really fascinating to see how it all works. Um, but, and I know not everybody can, can, um, I hire a dog and, you know, I know a lot of guys yeah. have a friend that may have a dog that they're training and, and do those types of things, but it, it is, it is neat to be able to watch it all, uh, go down and, you don't want to have to call one, but, but it no was doubt. nice to no have the help. I told Scott, I go, if we would have started at the hit, I don't think we would have ever ended up where that deer was per se. Now, would we have, we would have ended up stumbled upon it. Exactly. We would have ended up grid searching and we would have went to the other side of the timber and we would have worked our way back down the timber line yeah. and all that stuff. I, I do think we would have found that, that deer, but I certainly don't think it would have happened in an hour and a half. It would have took us it would have took us a long time. Sure. So anyways, that's the story. There's always a debacle with me for some reason, but <laughs> it's, it's a deep story. It, there always is, but it all worked out. It was good to finally connect there at the least. It's been a long time coming a long, long time coming. Mm-hmm. I was starting to feel like a failure. So I'm hoping that the monkey's off my back and we got gun season coming mm-hmm. up here and, and I do plan on uh, uh, going back and trying to see if we can lay eyes on two S two. Did you ever read where the red fern grows when you were growing up? I I did, but man, it's been so long ago. That that book, like that book, fascinated me about hound dogs. Yeah, I think they were like coon hounds or like red tick hounds yeah. or something. I, I'm not super familiar with with the dog world yeah. enough to know, but that just. It, it just fascinated me what they're capable of and how loyal they are and how yeah. intelligent they are. They, are they all have different personalities. And it's interesting because, well, and you just published this story in Deercast mm-hmm. about um, Willa, his yep. other dog. The, he, so my mom's name is Willa. Yeah, how does your mom <laughs> feel about it? Oh, she loves it. It's, it's our family loves it. It's like J- Tracker John and, and our family were connected. We've used Tracker John throughout the years, mm-hmm. you know, and, and hired him throughout the years on tough track jobs. And, part of the inception of deer cash track was how great would it be if we could put something together with the library of hits that we have. And yes, not everybody can have a tracker, John, but you can Can kind of his, yeah, by using his knowledge and and Bobby Culbertson's inside that deer cash track feature. That's what we've done. So anyways, we've had a longstanding relationship with tracker John for a long time. He's salt of the earth interesting guy. He's a, he's truly like a mountain man, kind of a guy. And, um, and we've just grown to be friends with him over the years and he loved the name Willa. And so when he, uh, 
got a new dog, you know, he's had several dogs over the years sure. and, and, you know, it's always sad when one passes on, he's, one of them last year, I think had cancer. Mm. And so they've, they pass on, he's constantly training new dogs and new, you know, make sure he's got the new lineup, yeah, I guess, so to speak. Up. So Willa is the one that's in training right now. And she's had a few tastes of success, as John said, and uh, she's always wanting to be the one that goes out. She's young, you know, sure. but Janie's the one that's more reliable. She's the older dog. And, that, yeah. and uh, so he always talks about Willa. But anyways, you just published a story that John wrote inside DeerCast about Willa and the process and it's all that stuff. Cool. It's pretty People cool. It's pretty cool. So um, well, anyhow, it was- Yeah, congratulations on on a heck of a deer and congratulations to Scott. I know he was he was right there with yeah, you. Yeah, he did a fantastic job. He busted his butt all week and all season so far. He's been just he's just been there with me by my side the whole time yeah. and he's worked his tail off. And so it's been good. It's it's nice to get a little taste of success. And we're here in a period where, all right, a, pre- a little bit of the pressure's off. Now let's go into the Missouri gun season. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy, you know, a tag over in Illinois. Let's try to finish the year out with a, you know, on a high note. Sure. So um, typically I kill two deer a year, two bucks a year, you know, and then a few do few does, but so one's down, whether I kill one in Illinois or one during the Missouri gun season or the Missouri late season or whatever, I usually try to get two down for the year. That's yeah. usually what happens. Yeah. So. so you got a little breathing room right a now. A little bit. Cause it was, I was kill. feeling the pressure <laughs> and you know, the, the other part of it with Terry's farm is just in uh, the EHD. Yeah. He got average. just annihilated. Yeah. They, the one deer that came on his farm like two weeks before he ended up killing it there in the early season, mm. he has not had a encounter with a mature deer since <sighs> with a, with a, a good mature deer sure. since. And that's been 22, 23 days ago yeah. at least. And they hunt every day. They've been yeah. hunting morning and evening. He's filming forest in Missouri at his farm at a, at, a, you know, our, our 248 that we own. Uh-huh. And then they're over in Illinois and it just, it's not happening. And, and so that was part of the process this year is all right. It's kind of time to, you know, you know what, or get off the pot and, with the lease. Eat a sandwich. And, and I got a, yeah, I eat a sandwich. Get the right there you go. And so this year I knew I was going to have to kill someone. At least I didn't have the the backup plan of, Hey, you know what's right, not happening. Yeah. I'm just going to go to dad's during the rut or during gun season and, There's nothing and get there. lucky. There's nothing there. So it's good for me personally to force me to, you know, get the training wheels off. Mm-hmm. Killed on the lease. Yeah. I, I know it should no be more magic hard. beans. I'm sure there's a lot of people like, man, this kid. <laughs> Poor Matt Drury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. I, but for me, it was a it was a big accomplishment personally, and it meant something to me that I can do it. Can do it on my own. Yeah. And on my own is a relative term because, you know, we've got a circle of friends there, you know, Scott and Trevor and Aaron and, you know, that, that all, we all help each other and they've helped yeah. me more than me, me then probably on the lease there. And, Your hunting schedule, though pretty like it reflects more of a typical guy's schedule than I think most people realize because we still have our jobs here that yeah. actually get busier during deer yeah. season. So it's harder you, to get Scott, away myself. We're working here before we leave to go. And and I feel for you, man, cause you get, you know, doing what you do for deer cast, you have all these kills and journal entries and fan shares. You have to be on top of that. There's really no break. Even when you say, Hey, I'm going to take a vacation today. And go hunting Friday. <laughs> it's still rolling And here. We're texting you like, Hey Tim, we need this or that. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate, you know, I, and 
you you handle it well, but that's part of our job. It's yeah, same with me. It's, it's it we're reading emails from the stand. We're fixing people's problems all day, every day, no matter where you're at. You hopefully you got service. Thankfully, I've not missed a good deer as a result of messing around on my phone. Like yeah. that, that, that's when it would like I, a line would be crossed. I'm like, all right, I gotta like yeah. de- detach a little bit from yeah. this. Yeah, but but it it is it is the, the way it goes, and it's weird because. Like now I have access to way more equipment and resources than I ever did. And when you don't kill and you have all that stuff, you yeah. just feel plain over equipped. Well, it's, <laughs> it's no one's going to feel bad for me. And I'm not asking that. No, but I, it, it's just a weird psych, the psychology of it. And it is something that you got to kind of get over internally. It's like, all right, I, in my case, it's like, I know I should be, I have the access here. Mm-hmm. I have the ability. I have the equipment. So what's the problem? The only main factor is me. What <laughs> <Right. laughs> okay. other variable in this equation here? <laughs> someone sucks. And it's not <laughs> someone other than me. <laughs> so, but you know, I think we keep going back to being optimistic and that's yep. the, the nugget. It's like, even if it's a doe kill, it's like, or a good encounter. It's like, sure. all right. <laughs> Get your head back in the game. It, it can't happen. It was December 23rd when I killed, or 22nd when I killed last year, when I it's finally killed a, a buck. And so it, it can happen. And I've killed a buck for the last four seasons, I think, in a row. At least one buck during the yeah. season. So the odds are in my favor that, that it'll happen. But yeah, it does kind of play with your head because you're sacrificing family time and, and vacation days. And- As the kids grow older, and you're, yours, well, one of yours is older than mine, but the other one, they're about the same age. Mm-hmm. And as they grow older, it definitely becomes harder. Last night, I had a real problem with Cameron because he, I've been gone a lot. Mm-hmm. I've hunted over 20 days, like 20 days. I'm talking like, you know, afternoon hunts where I miss bedtime and bath time. Yeah. And, you know, and then I was gone that period there during buck parade, it was like four days straight, you know, where I'd never came home. And so last night, you know, he, he's asking me, I went to the gun safe and was getting my gun out and I got to shoot it this week. And I was, you know, getting all things prepared. Sure. He's asking me a billion questions and, and he doesn't understand why he can't come with me. Mm. And he's five. So granted he could come with me, but I keep telling him, I'm like, buddy, I'm not set up at my farm. Like, like we are at Papa Terry's farm. Like it's, sure. He's like, well, why can't I come and we can shoot BB guns like we did last uh, time. And we, you know, like if you're not seeing a deer on your side, he's thinking about box blind hunt. Sure. I, I'll show you a deer on my side. Like it was <laughs> really adorable, dude. It was ripping <laughs> me apart because I have, I had no intention of bringing him with me this weekend for the gun opener yeah. at my farm at the least. Cause it's, we're staying at this other guy's cabin. Who's gracious enough to let us stay there. Mm-hmm. We stayed in his barn, literally in his, in his, a nice barn, but we sure. stayed in his, you know, where his tractors are kept on an air mattress. I, I kept telling camera, I'm like, I can't bring you with me, bud. I'm sorry. He's like, well, what? He doesn't understand. Why, why don't you just on Sunday come home and get me and take me to Papa Terry's and we'll come home Sunday night. Daddy, I don't care about the drive. You uh, know, it's a three it and a half kills, hour drive each way. You. And I'm like, my wife is just giving me the eye. Yeah. Like, she See? doesn't have to say anything. No, like yeah. I'm just dying. <laughs> I rest like, my case. I'm just dying. And so, and he's like, do you got a sock cap for me? And so I went and got him a sock cap and he's wearing it and he's wearing it at Ready school to today. He wore it to school uh. today. I'm just like, this is embarrassing. I, I can't, I couldn't almost take it. And so now I'm trying to figure out how I can take him somewhere. Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, what if, because my plan was to go to Illinois, buy an archery tag, hunt, 
Friday night and Friday afternoon in Illinois, uh-huh. Friday night, if we didn't kill, drive to the lease, which my, my spot in Illinois is two hours east. The spot in Missouri is probably uh, three and a half hours from the spot in Illinois. So, you know, sure. drive over there. It's a lot of driving, but I wanted to get a hunt in over in Illinois before my gun hunt in Missouri. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, my plan is not that he can come with me at five, at five years old. So I also know, you know, we're going to be sitting all day and he can't do that. And right. if he comes, I got to go to a blind, a pop-up or a box blind or something like that. And that's, I don't want to limit you. It does. So not to be a selfish dad, but this is also my job. Yeah. And because you're trying to limit your time because of, you know, family work and hunting, you want to succeed Saturday supposed to be a great day, you know, weather-wise deer cast yeah. saying great. Already looking at it and coordinating and so, with and my Sunday's life. supposed to be okay. So it's like, all right, I got to try to make it happen on Saturday. Sunday just, it could still happen, but whatever. So anyways, now I'm trying to figure out, all right, when can I maybe get to dad's or maybe take him for an afternoon hunt at my farm where it's not that, you know, yeah. a couple, three hours and he can do that. And I don't know, man, but it really, I've not felt that, bad about it. I've always feel bad, but he made me feel extremely bad. And when I told him last night, finally, like, bud, you can't go with me this weekend. He basically, he didn't cry or anything like that, but he was, he shut down on me. I'm like, God damn, man, (laughs) I'm a loser. I I hunted Friday, Saturday, (laughs) and Sunday, pretty much all gone the whole day. I went out just for the afternoon on Sunday, got home Saturday night, visit with the kids and you know, something was up. I was on my phone and Bo, my son was like, dad, you play catch with me. You, you get off your phone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, oh oh, man. Yeah, it's, it's killer, but it is, but, but, and, and that, that's the added pressure that you want to kill so you can yeah. move on, put that, you know, put that to bed and get to spend more time <laughs> I, with the family. I keep thinking like if I could have succeeded on the third time I saw two us two, he's at 30 yards that, and didn't hit the blind window and I, all that went, the whole season changes. Yeah. And because that didn't happen, I hunted you know, 20 times or so before I finally met up with one and I'll go, it, it, there's no break. There's no window. Sure. Like it's like, all right, now rifle season starts, firearm season. I got to do that. And now I got, oh, I got these tags in Illinois. I got to do that. Like you could plan out all you want, but at the end of the day, it's hunting. You aren't going to, it's not always going to go the <sighs> way you right. planned it. That's right. So, so I, you know, and it, it's kind of an interesting conversation to have because uh, pretty much anyone who hunts and has a family is going through a very similar. If you have any kind of, I, I think it's different for your dad, for my dad, for Mark, like those guys of that generation and older. I don't know that they, I don't know that it was their heartstrings diff- were tugged as like they are now. Different yeah. story. Yeah, D- different generation, different expectations on dads. Yeah, they currently. they they were you know dad worked all the time. Whether it was for hunting or whether it he was, was the for provider construction, uh-huh. he was gone. He was I never ever hardly ever saw him. I mean, he was gone. But you didn't think about it like that. Now mm-hmm. you, I mean, that's a quick path to divorce. You think about 100%. the the ramifications it has on your kids later in life, not being around. Like I don't not want to be there. I want to mm-hmm. be there. Sure. And I always promised myself I would do it differently. Not that dad did it wrong. No, no. But I would do it and, my and, way. Yeah. And, and every generation does that. And uh, boy, as as you're dealing with too, it's tough. It's tough to balance it all. No so doubt. I no feel doubt. for anybody else out there that's going through the same thing. And it, it goes back to the importance of trying to involve your kids, daughters, sons, mm-hmm. in what you're doing. We need it anyways as 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 part of our heritage, right? But uh, they want to be involved. Yeah, yeah, and, and not make them resent 
your pastime yeah. because of what it does to the family. So I told him, I said, man, I'm, I will get you. We will go out somehow, some way. I did, yeah. but now I got to figure it out. Yeah. Maybe Christmas break. Cause that's the other factor. I don't want to take him when it's cold as heck I, out there. I'm literally thinking about setting up a blind in the backyard and having like a deer, yeah. like a blow up deer come through and yeah. give Bo the BB gun and yeah. just to, cause he is dying to go hunting. Just anything yeah. to make him feel like like we're hunting. So Bo's two or three? He'll be three here in, a, in about a week. Well, Lola just turned three two, a week ago. And so last night we're at dinner talking about it. Cameron's like, Lola, you can't go hunting because she can't sit still. She can't stop talking. <laughs> and I was like, Lola, you could come hunting. I said, I would love to take you hunting. Yeah. But we have to work on a few things first. <laughs> like, like we got to, I go, Cameron, she deserves to go just like you, buddy. But, but Randa's like, she ain't going to be able to sit there. I was like, I, look, like we'll figure it out. I'm yeah. taking her. She, she actually wants to go because she just wants to go do what daddy does. Yeah, and, no doubt. You know, but I, it will be a trick for sure to <laughs> Lola, figure out how to can't get do it. Yeah. He was like, Lola, you can't I've go. been, yeah. I mean, you can't sit still. Take it from someone who knows. <laughs> so the, the grizzled veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Cause how old is Cameron. He's five. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's yeah, a big gris, boy. Grizzled yeah. for sure. <laughs> so anyhow. All right. I went on a tangent there, but no, I'm sure good. there's a lot of people probably dealing with the same thing. No doubt. This time no of year. Doubt. Uh, well, so people are running out of time to get involved in the farm giveaway. Yeah. Like literally mid-December, we're cutting that off, picking yeah. a name. So if you haven't already done that, make sure that you are, get your name in the hat. And this month's prize, what was it? November. Oh, it's the uh, it's the traditions oh, loophole uh, muzzle load because because we kind of went there. A Winchester in there too. No, no, that's a that, was, uh, that was spring a couple months ago. The we did the, so it's a traditions muzzle loader and a scope, right? And with with a top with a loop, it's the jury, it's the jury outdoors muzzle loader package, yeah. and Leupold is throwing in a rangefinder and a set of binos. Oh yeah, and okay. the jury outdoors package has the 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 Leupold, think the VX Freedom yeah. scope topped on it. Yeah, so so pretty we, awesome. We wanted to 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 do that at this point to give someone a chance to maybe use it on a late, late season, season muzzle loader hunt. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So sorry I didn't know that. Off so, <laughs> well, you had no chance of winning. So I mean, <laughs> right. what does it matter? Who cares about these giveaways? <laughs> and then, this is real. People are winning them. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I can't remember the, the, the guy that won the nomad package, but he, it took him a few days to check his email. And I was thinking, man, we're going to have to go on to the next person. He finally got to me. So we're getting him set good. up with his, with his nomad suit. Pretty cool. Yeah. Lots of good stuff, but really December 15th, this thing cut off shuts down and we will uh, make the announcement at ATA 2020. Yeah. Pretty exciting. And I know that they've, they got trail cameras running on the, on the property still. We aren't hunting it for everybody giving us crap that we're giving away a farm that we've killed everything on. We've never hunted it. We bought it to give it away as a thank you. People, I'm just like, I'm, I still am surprised at how mean. Hey, it's all good. Unnecessarily mean people can be. Yeah. But I just need to grow a thicker skin, I think. To do this, you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. It's part of it. But uh, anyhow, I hope hope, uh, everybody joins up and and you can do that by getting on DeerCast. Yes, there's still free version. Yes, there's no cost associated with joining the giveaway. And... Mm -hmm. um, and we appreciate everybody. 30 years is almost coming to a close. Crazy. We've The team has knocked down some giants. You could see all of the kills at DeerCast Now in the DeerCast Now section. That yep. is a paid section of the app. You can get it at the $9.99 level a year or the $19.99 level a year, but you can see all of those kills. And uh, pretty cool. There's some 200s in there. We're fixing here 
today to have another 200, yeah, 212 inch Steve France. So by the time this airs, it'll be a couple of weeks, but it's, it's worth the price of admission just to see all those kills. It's pretty cool. No doubt. No so, doubt. all right. And you can see how I screwed up my shot <laughs> and how I recovered the animal. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can actually roll back the video and see the arrow yeah. bounce back. It's, yeah. it's pretty weird to see. Scott did a good job. He edited the piece there you know, that we put up for the deer cast now and it's, it's a good edit. So, you know what, let's, let's do this wildlife word just okay. real quick. We haven't done one in a few sure. weeks. Wildlife word is guard hairs. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it makes sense for this time of year because, uh, cause deer are kind of poofed out in their winter coats. Guard hairs are the top or outer layer of an animal's coat. Uh, and in deer guard hairs in the winter time are hollow because they have better insulative values. Wow. And it's also why your four and a halfs look like five and a halfs in their pictures. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so I said I wasn't sure on splits, but I'm pretty sure he's a four they and a half. They do. It's but like they put on a big sweater. I swear they to look you, a lot bigger. Out of nowhere, we looked at, we checked one of our reconnaissance cameras and it was an, it was a nighttime photo and this deer, I was like, holy crap, who is that? You know, his body is huge. And we got to look and it's like, oh, that's splits. Hey. <laughs> See five and a half. Well, he's He's on the shoot list. <laughs> he looks big. He looked big here. <laughs> he did. He is now. So. <laughs> All right, That's well, cool. Thank you to everyone who listens. Uh, if you don't subscribe to this podcast, you can do that. It's free and it'll just load up directly to your uh, mobile device or whatever device you're listening on uh, automatically whenever they publish. You can always watch. Follow along over on the Drury Outdoors YouTube channel or inside DeerCast in the DOD TV section. Uh, we have tons of great content. The editors here are just Non-stop. kicking out awesome content. A new series, Dream Season Live, been really doing awesome for us. Mm-hmm. And then we just launched a brand new series called Wild Country. It's with Austin Land and Land Family out there in Utah and follows along with their adventures and those big game animals. It's pretty cool. Gear review series. Gear reviews. It's okay. Well, there's a... Heck of a host for the gear. Oh yeah. Well, you got to talk about that. (laughs) Some bad feedback. We probably need to make a change. Well, I've heard it about the podcast a lot. (laughs) What is the common equation or the common variable here? This equation. Point is you should check out all the great content. We got 150,000 subscribers over on YouTube and growing every day. If you're not one of them, you're missing out. That's right. So be one of them. (laughs) Join us. All right. Firearm season's coming up for a lot of people. Please wear your safety uh, or wear your hunter orange, mm-hmm. wear your safety harnesses, and always identify your targets before you make that shot. That's right. All See right. Ya. Peace out. Be safe.